Hi, everyone. It's Paul Ward here, and welcome to another 15 Minutes. I'm excited today. We have a special guest, Vanessa Jimenez with Opus Escrow. Vanessa, welcome Hello. to the show. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being with us. So we're having you today as part of our first-time homebuyer series. We're trying to help folks who have, have not purchased a home before understand the, the process a little bit better. And of course, escrow is a key piece to that uh, process. And so I uh, wanted to have you on as a, as a seasoned veteran to uh, help our, our buyers out there explain what Opus is all, or what escrow is all about and how maybe Opus uh, you know, differs from other companies. So, so glad to have you. Thank you, I'm excited. So what is, what is escrow? Escrow in general is a company that is in place to be a neutral third party. So um, when a buyer or a seller is, you know, in a real estate transaction, they have their agent that represents them for a first time home buyer, especially if they're going to be purchasing with a lender, they're going to mm -hmm. be working with a lender as well. So escrow is that party to make sure that everybody is kind of abiding by the contract and doing their due diligence of what's supposed to be done in a real estate transaction. Okay, and so when when would you get involved in the process? So standard, the escrow comes into play once a contract is fully accepted by the buyer and seller. So if there's counters that go back and forth, escrow usually gets the contract from the agent once everybody's agreed to move forward with that contract. Okay, and you know, I've been doing this a, a long time and sometimes, you know, buyers kind of want to jump the gun and they want, want to give me their check so they can just kind of, you know, right. give it to the escrow officer even before their offer is accepted. Right. When do you request the, request the buyer's uh, funds yeah. and how, how much would they typically put down? All right. So escrow again, being that neutral third party, we come into play to kind of help protect everybody. So a lot of times an agent doesn't want to take that deposit. They want to try to eliminate any risk. You know, like a buyer could say, hey, I gave the deposit to my agent and for whatever reason it got lost in relay. And so escrow comes in uh, usually three days from when the contract is accepted. There's a three-day time frame from when the buyer has to get the deposit into escrow. So that's where our very first thing is when we get a contract. Let's say I get it from you, Paul, who's representing the seller. I immediately reach out to the buyer's agent, ask for the buyer's contact, and then touch base with the buyer, let them know who I am, because I'm now somebody asking for money. Uh, and standardly, it's a, a good chunk of money. You're usually looking at 3%. Uh, that's kind of what we see as the average deposit. So, um, you know, I here I am, a stranger off the street from the buyer's aspect, asking for money. So we like right. to reach out, you know, introduce ourselves, um, and then three days from when the contract is accepted. Um, that's when the time frame starts for the buyer to get that deposit in. Gotcha. And so you see the tra you see the transaction all the way through from when escrow yeah. is opened and help from close the transaction at the very end. Start to end, and especially with a you know first time home buyer, they are really getting overwhelmed with paperwork. They have their agent paperwork, they have their lender paperwork. Now here comes escrow coming in and asking for more paperwork, right? But again, we try to let the buyers know we are here to ask, answer any questions that you may have. Um, you know, a lot of times it can be a little intimidating. So we as that escrow come in and just kind of reassure them that there's no dumb questions. Ask right. away. This is a huge purchase. This is a life 
you know, altering decisions sometimes for people. So um, ask away, definitely. Right. And, and I know there's a lot of fraud, a lot of fraud out there, right? I mean, there's a lot of uh, yes. unscrupulous people out there. And sometimes the money gets, you know, siphoned off to, you know, a third world co uh, country. Uh -huh. uh, how, how are you protecting the, the buyer in those types of situ situations? Right. So Scandalou and the buyer brings in the deposit, for example, they have usually three options to bring that in. They can usually bring it in by a personal check, a cashier's check, or a wire. Now, the personal check option comes into play depending how long the length of the escrow is, right? We just ultimately need to make sure that any sort of funds comes in has the adequate time to clear. But let's say a buyer is going to bring in a wire, okay? That's where a lot of fraud, unfortunately, does take place. That's where we try to do as much as we can to avoid any fraud. So when we send our buyer wire instructions, a majority of the time we're emailing those to them. So one protocol that Opus Escrow likes to do is we not only will email those wire instructions, we will send them password protected. And when we send those instructions, we actually do not have our account number on those instructions. We then ask the buyer, please give us a call and we can give you that account number over the phone. We're just trying to do extra little steps to avoid any fraud if possible. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, most most buyers are getting a are getting a loan, right? I mean, there are cash transactions out there, but most buyers are are getting a loan. How how does escrow work with the with the lender? When does the when does the lender money come into escrow? Right. So let's say we have an average thirty day uh, real estate transaction. Okay. So in the very beginning, Opus is going to reach out to the buyer, get that deposit. Throughout the way, we are working with the lender balancing fees, the lender is going to ask for documents from escrow, such as escrow instructions, title is going to come involved, that is uh, pretty much the company that's going to run the property, they're going to let us know the chain of title was currently reported on the owner, right, so we're going to be working, clearing the title, we're going to show evidence to the lender that title is ready to be cleared, so throughout the full transaction, we're going back and forth with the lender, getting them documents, this is the buyer's doing as well. So let's say we are now towards the end of our 30-day transaction. Standardly, if our closing is on the 30th day, the lender is going to do what we call fund on the 29th day. And when the lender funds, that means that they're just sending in their money on behalf of the buyer's loan to escrow, and then we go ahead and record the next day. So if the lender is going to send that money in on the 29th, one thing that the lender needs to have in place is the buyer's final money in escrow before the lender will fund. So ideally, we'll have the buyer bring in their final money by the 28th day, the lender funds on the 29th day, and then we record and close escrow on the 30th day. Gotcha. Yeah. And I, I have to imagine that not every transaction goes smoothly, right? Oh, I mean, of course not. <laughs> human error comes in, right? Unfortunately, um, human error comes in things pop up at the final minute. Um, and that's where you really want to be able to trust your escrow company. You want to be able to have a very large uh, open line of communication. So this is how I brought up title. Uh, one of the things that escrow needs to do is we have documents that we send out to the buyer and seller. One of those main documents is called a statement of information. And sometimes clients may look at it as, hey, you're asking for a lot of personal information because I'm asking for your social date of birth. And you're right, we are. And the reason we're doing that is one, we want to clear 
everybody to make sure that there's no liens or judgments, especially against the current owner that could come into play and hold up the transaction closing, which does happen. Um, and then we also want to make sure if a lien does pop up that we can clarify that it's not you, right? Because we do right. get John Smith. So we also want to make sure that the John Smith that has 10 liens with the IRS isn't our John Smith that's, you know, in this transaction. Um, so yeah, human error does come in. There's, you know, um, didn't you get the document or I got the document? So that's why as escrow, you want to make sure you're working with someone who's very organized, who is on top of the tasks that they need to do. So once we get that statement of information, we get it to title, they clear the aspect. Um, but you said there's times where that doesn't always happen. And it could be the 27th day of our transaction. And we set up the file with title and title hey, We're getting ready to close this transaction in a couple of days. Title says, wait, there's a child support judgment against the seller. And mm. you know, that takes time. So that's where, you know, working in this industry now, I'm going on 13 years and that's where having connections can really come into play. So we are dealing with Department of Child Services. We're dealing with the IRS, the Franchise Tax Board. So knowing the aspects to go to, knowing the line of communication, the email address, the, the fax numbers that you need to reach out to, you can go ahead and get a demand right away, clear it, get what you need to have happen in order to close. But those things happen you know, unfortunately, at the last minute sometimes. Right. And is that because underwriting isn't looking at the file till the end? Or how, why, why do things so underwriting, pop up at the end? Yeah, and, and underwriting isn't going to always, you know, because they don't get a copy of the contract, right? So that's where escrow is going to come into play and give them the heads up. Hey, this file's going to be closing on this day. We're working on getting the recording documents, which consists of the grant deeds that escrow, you know, make sure it's executed any recordable loan documents from the lender, escrow puts all that stuff together and gets that to title. So it's escrow's responsibility to give the title department and their underwriters a heads up as to when a transaction is going to close. So that's why when that statement of information comes in, we want to make sure that statement of information is sent to title right away. We don't want to wait till we're setting up a file. We want to get that to title hopefully within the first week or week or two when escrow opens to give the title department and underwriters plenty of time to clear the file. Gotcha. So what would be some advice that you would give to a, a first time buyer, um, you know, not familiar with the process right. to uh, kind of a, a, avoid these uh, scenarios, these challenges? Yeah, I would say the best thing is don't hesitate with any documentation that you get whether it be from your agent, whether it be from your lender, um, especially from escrow as well, because there are timeframes and contingency periods all based on the, the closing of your escrow, right? So as you said, in, in, a, in a standard real estate transaction, you have timeframes where the agent representing the seller has to give documents to the buyer. They have timeframes for to review everything. So I said a huge piece of advice for a buyer would be if you get some, something sent to you, get it done right away, right? Don't have you be the reason why something's being held up. Right. Yeah. That, makes, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And there are lots of escrow companies out there. I mean, it's, there's lots of choices. Yeah. Um, why should folks choose Opus? Opus, yes. Well, because I work there. No. There you go. <laughs> right? Um, so standardly, we would probably say that there's three main types of escrow companies. 
you have a title and escrow based company, uh, which is title and escrow are owned by the same parent company. They are standardly um, ran by the Department of Insurance. So there's a lot of regulation on, under those companies. There's mm -hmm. pros and cons with that. Not only, you know, a lot of regulation kind of restricts sometimes some of the options you have, um, but it also keeps everything even across the board. Another type of company you have is what we call in-house escrow, which is an escrow company that's linked and ran under a real estate company. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times that's great because, you know, as a real estate agent, they're going to be working with my deals. But a lot of times, maybe an agent on the other end isn't always the most comfortable because they may feel that there's favoritism. Even though there's not, again, we're a neutral third company, but, right. um, you know, sometimes they like to stray away from that. So Opus Escrow, we are called an independent and we are acting and running solely as an escrow company not linked with a real estate office, not linked with a title company. Our job is solely escrow. Uh, so with that aspect, we have a little bit more ability to uh, fluctuate maybe some of our fees. We can offer discounts here and there, like you know, military, um, first responders discount, that type of thing. So uh, yeah, Opus Escrow is a full independent escrow company. Gotcha. I, I never quite knew the three different kind of uh, types of escrow companies. Yeah. We all do the, the same job, right? We're, we all take pride in, you know, being that neutral third party. And, and one thing with escrow, you have to multitask. Uh, right. You know, it is a job where you, your, your brain is going nonstop and you have to do this on this file and this on this file. So being organized is huge. It is key because um, the documentation that comes across my desk, because I'm sure you're used to, it's a lot of paperwork. And even in a time of today where so much is digital, so much is online, there's still a lot of paper that we are touching and handling. So being organized is, is key. Right. And you said you've been doing this for uh, for 13 years now. Yeah, this is going on my 13th year. Yes. And yeah, escrow is one of those professions where you learn as you go. There, you know, it, it's a, a trade that a lot of people are not familiar with, I think, because there's not, you know, training classes, there's not degree programs for escrow. It is you get in, you get your hands dirty, and you learn the skill, you know, as you go throughout the years. Right. Nobody nobody grows up saying I want to be an escrow. Oh, right. I want to be an escrow officer. <laughs> but it is it's a it's a profession that you know if you work hard you'll get that hard you know payout in return. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, this is this has been very helpful. I think our our first time homebuyers are gonna appreciate this, and uh, you know they'll obviously still have have questions because it is a complicated process as you as you mentioned. Uh, how would how would somebody get a hold of you? So uh, people can get a hold of me a few different ways. On so my background here, you'll see my contact. Uh, we're located here in Oxnard, kind of behind the Seabridge Shopping Center. So we're local to Ventura County. Uh, but the best way, if you want to get a hold of me, give me a call right here, 805-351-3494, or my email address, Vanessa at opusestroinc.com. Great. Well, Vanessa Jimenez, thank you so much for being our guest on this edition of 15 Minutes. We greatly appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, Paul. I appreciate it. Absolutely.